live in the Holy Spirit who calls and sanctifies us to be God's people forever. Amen. Let us now confess our sins unto Almighty God, our merciful Father. Almighty God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all people, we admit and confess our sinfulness. Because we are sinful by nature and sinners at birth, we have turned away from you in our speaking and doing and thinking. We have done that which you forbid and have not done the good that you demand. We do repent and are truly sorry for these our sins. Have mercy on us, because of the atoning death of your only begotten Son. Forgive us all sin of the past and present, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, move us to serve you faithfully in the future. Set our feet on the new path of life, and build your kingdom here through our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Forgiveness was won for us on the cross and is assured us by the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose stead I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. 
of everlasting life to us. Grant that we, who celebrate with joy the day of our Lord's resurrection, may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
the first reading for this festival of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus is from the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all people, but to us who, he had, who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A second reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians, the third chapter. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We confess now together our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, and for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen.
according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. But the angel said to the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen as he said. This is our text. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear friends, Recently on the Biography Channel, I saw a fascinating broadcast of the life and the times of Sir Winston Churchill. Sir Winston Churchill, who undoubtedly was one of the most dynamic and one of the most influential and outstanding characters of the modern era. Indeed, he was the man declared by Time magazine to be the man of the 20th century. To anyone who knew Churchill, It came as no surprise that Churchill had a hand in planning his own funeral. What did come, though, as a surprise is what happened at his funeral, taking place in London's impressive St. Paul's Cathedral back in early 1965. The service included many of the great hymns of the church, and it used the dignified and the eloquent Anglican liturgy, which is so similar to our own. And then at service's end, right after the benediction, a lone bugler that was positioned high up above in the dome of that massive cathedral intoned the somber sounds of taps, that universal signal that says the day is over, a beautiful fitting end to a long and a dignified career to a dynamically lived life But to the surprise of most, that wasn't the end. Instead, things then took a dramatic turn, for Churchill himself had instructed as soon as Taps was finished and its echo had vanished from the vast sanctuary down below, another lone bugler positioned high on the other side of the dome of the great cathedral would play the notes of Reveille. That bugler's morning call, the sounding and the summoning of sleepers to rise, and the first foundation of a brand new day, that was Churchill's final word to what he knew would be a watching world. Not taps, but reveille. Which on this Easter morning, dear friends, is it for you? Is it taps or is it reveille? What was it for those first disciples who actually eyewitnessed the crucifixion and the death of our Lord Jesus? Was it taps for them? Or was it reveille? You know, when one looks at the words of our text for today or at any of the other gospel accounts that we have of what happened on this phenomenal day so long ago, and we see what the disciples' mindset was at the particular time, those gospels that report the reactions of the disciples to Jesus' death, one gets the distinct feeling that there were a lot of taps that were being played and certainly not yet a reveille. Devastated by what they had seen happen on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, to see the one in whom you had placed all of your hopes and all of your dreams for the future suspended upon a tree, 
hanging there dead and lifeless, a horrific death and the one in whom they'd placed their future, the disciples must have felt like helpless victims of their own sin. They must have felt like victims also of the sins of others. They must have felt like helpless and hopeless victims of circumstances in the world over which they had absolutely no control. To them, at first at least, sin had done its worst. Their sins, so it seemed, were far bigger than the man of whom John the Baptist had earlier said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. To them it seemed that this one who was going to take away the sins of the world had indeed been taken away by sin instead. It clearly appeared that sin had taken him away, and from their perspective, at that point in time, sin and death most certainly was holding Jesus down. Sin will do that, you know. Sin, look at your own life, separates us not only from one another, but sin certainly takes people away from us. And sin holds people down, even in the ground. Sin does that, you know. It separates people, it takes people away, and sin's death will hold people down. That's why the prophet Isaiah said, just as through one, or Paul said, just as through one man sin entered the world, death then came through sin. So he said, death is spread unto all men. Why? Because all have sinned. Sin puts us down. Isaiah calls it a shroud that envelops all people. A shroud that folds all of humanity in. The sheet, he says, that covers all of the nations. It's that common denominator of us all, isn't it? And it certainly isn't a respecter of age. Evident just this past Friday morning as it came to a dear brother in Christ, Chris Heinz, a young man of 41 years old, called home to heaven only months after his father, who died unexpectedly in January. Neither is death a respecter of wealth or of fame. The recent diagnosis of pancreatic cancer of actor Patrick Swayze reminds us of the early death of a different young actor some years ago. Remember him, Michael Landon of Ponderosa or Little House on the Prairie fame, who summed up the feelings of a lot of folks facing death head on when he said, whatever you have to do, do it now because there are only so many tomorrows. And so in the face of it all, whether it was the disciples or, or us in our times and remembering all that the disciples of the Lord had seen of sin and, and the powerful impact that sin has upon people's lives and what death can do, Jesus, they thought, was down. Is it any wonder that they were to be sure then horribly frightened and that they fled in fear for their lives at the time of not only Jesus' arrest, but later on when they huddled together then in the locked upper room? Why does it say because of fear that they were huddled there? And our text for today tells us that the women were doing the same thing that the men were. It's not a respecter of gender either. The women were doing the same thing that the men were. They were afraid. Fear not, the angel told them. Why? Because obviously they were afraid. Alarmed, St. Luke says. Trembling, bewildered, Scripture says. A terrified bunch, men and women alike, frightened into silence. 
because to them it clearly appeared very succinctly. It clearly appeared that sin and death and Satan had won again. Reminds me of what I read about a display in the magnificent Louvre Museum in Paris, France, the dramatic painting of Goethe's Faust. Faust is seated at a table. He's engaged in a competitive game of chess. And at first glance, it looks for certain that Faust is losing. His opponent in the chess game, of course, thinking of Faust, is none other but Satan. The devil sits there grinning smugly, and he thinks that he has the victory in hand. He's pointing at the chessboard, and he's got an evil leer, and he's gloating. And as you look at the painting, you can almost hear the devil shouting, Checkmate! The game is over, I win. However, a person with a keen eye who knows the game of chess can also see as he looks at the picture that the match isn't over at all. As a matter of fact, just a few years ago, an internationally famous chess player was admiring the painting when all of a sudden he lunged forward and he looked at the painting closely and he exclaimed, wait a minute, look there, Faust has another move and that move will give him the victory. Think of that first Holy Week so long ago. You look at the cross on Good Friday as we did this Friday. And the man and the women with Jesus saw it in all of its ugly reality and it looks at first glance like evil had won. It looks like the defeat of righteousness. It looks like goodness is dead and that is buried forever. It looks like Christ has been silenced and he's been conquered. But that's not the case. In the very midst of what appeared to be his defeat, Christ was making moves. Making the moves through the spaces in the board, if you will. From the upper room of the supper, he moves to the space of the garden of Gethsemane, to the space of the judgment halls of Caiaphas, and then over here to the judgment halls of Pilate, and then over here back again to the palace of, of Herod, and back to Pilate, and then finally he goes to the space of the cross, to the cross where then, amazingly, Christ checkmates the prince of darkness by taking our sin upon himself so that the devil may never ever cry out checkmate against you never in all of eternity and then Easter morn dawns and its light reveals God's move in all of its resurrected glory checkmate to be sure the greatest checkmate indeed of all of history Christ who appears to be but upon checkmates the king of evil. And that's why, dear friends, of all days, this holy Easter day is so indispensably important to our faith. That's why this day is indispensably important to our future and to eternity. It is, as the words of the angel of God first told the women, that important day that tells us that the tomb has been vacated. And that is vitally important to us. Fear not, the angel said. You come to seek Jesus who was indeed crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Those are words that declare for all time and for all people to hear that the game for your life and for your eternity is indeed over. 
And in Christ, checkmate, we've won. It's not taps for you. It's reveille. Checkmate, reveille, call it what you will, words about a resurrected reality confirmed, verified, not simply by a handful of frightened men who then saw him and spoke with him in the very room to which they had fled in fear, not simply by a handful of trembling and bewildered women who saw him and then spoke to him on the very path which they had taken as they fled from the tomb in fear. To be sure, the testimony of those men, the testimony of those women, would have been all that was needed to be compelling enough evidence to convince any reasonable soul that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead and to respond then with the church throughout the ages by saying, He is risen, He is risen indeed. But to the eyewitness testimony of these men and these women who saw Him alive, not simply one time, not even twice, but repeatedly saw him alive after his death, we must certainly add the testimony of the hundreds of whom the Apostle Paul speaks in his inspired words, which likely became one of the first creeds of the Christian church. These words that we heard at the first service today, for I delivered unto you as of first importance, Paul says, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared unto Cephas, and then to the twelve, and he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom are alive even now, though some have died. That is not the sound of taps. That is the sound of reveille. That's resurrection reality. That's the bugler summoning us to face our sins and say, What charge do you have against me? None, I dare say, because the resurrection of my Lord Jesus Christ is my divinely signed guarantee and receipt that my sins have been paid for in full. It's my eternal guarantee that God now holds nothing against me. Checkmate. I've won. It's the bugler sounding that reveille, waking us to the words of our risen Lord, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Because I live, you, Jesus said, shall live also. And we do. We as resurrected people do, day in and day out in the midst of a fallen world with its sins and our sins, God is moving us also day by day from this space to that space and to the other space, sustaining us through his word as he does, connecting us through the very body and blood of his risen son to Christ's great victory and to his death and also to the victory over death and the devil that occurred for us in the distant past. He's taking on sin and every other opponent of Christ in our lives and saying no more of it. Enough of this. You're no longer in control here. Remembering the inspiring account of General Jonathan Wainwright, who was captured by enemy troops and then held as a, a prisoner of war in the Manchuria concentration camp. Remember that. Cruelly treated this General Wainwright as he was being held in that Manchurian camp, gradually became a broken and a crushed and a hopeless and a starving man. But then finally, the enemy surrendered. The war came to an end. 
and immediately a United States Army colonel was sent from Allied headquarters to the concentration camp to announce personally to the general that the enemy had been defeated and that he was now free and this General Wainwright was now in command himself. And when Wainwright heard the news, sitting there as he was in his cell in Manchuria, you know what he did? He calmly got up, quietly, in his usual dignified manner. He returned to his quarters, and as he did, he was confronted by some guards who began to mistreat him as they had so often done in the past. And then that's when Wainwright, with the news of the Allied victory still fresh in mind, looked at those guards squarely in the eye, declared with convincing authority, no, men, not anymore. I am now in command here, and these are my orders. And from that moment on, because of that distant victory, General Wainwright was firmly in control. My friends, Christ won the greatest conflict of all the ages. And because of his distant victory, brought to us today through his word that we hear, through his sacrament that we receive, because of that distant victory, we can declare with his authority to every one of life's foes, to Satan, to sin, to death, and all that would assault and all that would assail us to gain control, we can declare with his authority, no, not anymore. Not anymore because I'm standing now on resurrection ground and the risen Lord Jesus Christ is in control here. That's not the sound of retiring taps. That's the sound of resurrection reveille. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
people of God in our risen Lord Jesus Christ and for all people according to their needs. We pray. O Lord God, we say on this holy festival day, the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, is your declaration for all time and places that our sins can no longer condemn us, that no matter how great and grievous, they've been paid for in full by the holy blood and wounds of Christ Jesus, and they are therefore eternally forgiven. For this Easter triumph and Easter joy, we give you thanks and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for your church, O risen Christ, throughout the world. Bless her with faithful pastors who will preach Christ and him crucified for our sins and raised again for our justification. Keep her steadfast in the faith to confess that, that faith without compromise. And grant unto all your people that love of your Son, which is grateful for baptism into his death and resurrection, that yearns to hear his word, hungers to th and thirsts for his holy supper. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Risen, O Lord, to hear our soul's complaint and to give us daily breath and help in time of need, we pray. O Christ, for all among us who are struggling with sickness and infirmity, including Fred Hine and Paul Duell, Bob and Dorothy Latham, Dick and Elsie Much, Marguerite Health, Hugh Ryan, we pray also for those preparing for surgery as Elsie Much does for cataract surgery this week. We pray for all confined to care facilities, that you would grant them each the confident hope of tomorrow's heaven and your daily help in their troubles for the day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. God of all comfort, we pray for those who today remember family members and friends who have died, including Karen Lehman and her family at the death of Karen's sister, the family of Chris Heinz, whom you called to eternal glory this past Friday. We remember also the, the family of, of Greg DeVries, as Greg's uncle was, did die this two weeks past. Lord Jesus Christ, in all of these times, we pray that you would remind your people of your promises that he who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And because I live, you shall live also. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the lonely, they would find companionship. For those needy, that life's necessities would be provided. For those in conflict with each other, that they would be moved to repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation. For those troubled by doubt and challenged by crisis, that they would find guidance and confidence and assurance in your resurrected and ever-present Son. Let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, that we would be governed well in its laws and courts in our land, preserve and protect the rights and all of all, and promote and uphold that which is pleasing unto you. And for all the nations of the world, that where injustice and war destroys life, good civil order and peace may prevail. Let us pray to the Lord. God of all kindness, on this day of highest celebration, we give you thanks for many of the blessings that we celebrate in life for those anniversaries of marriage and years of baptismal grace, life in this world. To this end, we give you thanks for Carl von Borstel, the father of Kathy Ashton. With him, we thank you for the 87 years of life that he's marked, that he does mark today. 
Risen Lord, we be constantly present in the homes and lives of your people that we may ever celebrate with gratitude all your mercies. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for your church here and everywhere and all to whom it today administers the sacrament of your holy supper, that no one would receive it to their harm by denying the presence of Christ's very body and blood within, but rather that all who receive it would do so believing that in that body they receive the forgiveness of sins, strengthening of faith, that you and by that body and blood you prepare their souls and bodies for the day of resurrection and life everlasting. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Receive our Easter prayers and praise, O Lord. And in fellowship with those who have gone before us in the faith, keep us in faithful communion with your holy church and steadfast unto the end through Jesus Christ, your Son, our once crucified and now risen Lord, who lives and together reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, for eternal ages to come. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good right and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was crucified for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and John and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone be all glory, honor and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, 
now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.